Plugged In Podcast, presented by the Institute for Energy Research. To find out more about our work, visit our website at instituteforenergyresearch.org. On Tuesday, September 20th, IER's Director of Policy, Kenny Stein, testified in front of the House Natural Resources Committee Subcommittee on Energy and Mineral Resources, discussing the Public Land and Waters Climate Leadership Act of 2022. Here's a recording of his opening statement. Yes, uh, Mr. Chairman, thank you for the opportunity to testify at this hearing. My name is Kenny Stein. I'm the Policy Director for the Institute for Energy Research. Uh, at the outset, I commend the committee for recognizing that this new legislation is needed uh, to change how the Department of Interior manages federal lands. The Biden administration executive actions attempting to halt or reduce leasing and otherwise restricting multiple use on federal lands are contrary to statute. In order for the department to make these sweeping changes, Congress must first change the department's mandate, as this legislation would. Absent such legislation, though, Interior must immediately cease its illegal efforts to restrict leasing and development on federal lands. That said, the approach, the approach taken by this legislation would harm our national security by making America more dependent on imports, damage our economy, and drive up already high energy prices, and completely overturn the, the long-standing principles of multiple use, which have historically guided federal land management. Before getting to specific energy implications, I will also highlight the most important and most damaging element of this legislation, and I think the implications of which have not actually been fully thought through. In section two, the legislation would change the guiding principle of federal land management from multiple use to a standard that, quote, public land should be managed to rapidly reduce greenhouse gas emissions and co-pollutant emissions, end quote. It is difficult to understate the radicalness of such a mandate. Greenhouse gases are byproducts of human activity, all human activity. A mandate to rapidly reduce greenhouse gas emissions on federal lands is a mandate to rapidly reduce all human activity on federal lands. To take just a few examples, there are substantial emissions involved in tourists visiting our national parks and other federal lands for recreation. This mandate would thus require reducing public access to national parks and federal lands. There are greenhouse gas emissions associated with, say, constructing a solar generation facility, cutting down trees, pouring cement, heavy machinery that runs on diesel, and so on. Uh, my fellow witness today from SEIA uh, is probably concerned to hear that this, this legislation's mandate would be used to prevent solar installations on federal land. What about a community located on or surrounded by federal lands which wishes to build a new road, uh, expand an airstrip, or even just construct a few new buildings? All of those actions involve greenhouse gas emissions. Our witness today who represents one of those communities should be concerned about the implications of this sort of mandate on their community's ability to build and maintain basic infrastructure. If any of these examples sound extreme, just look at the use and abuse of the National Environmental Policy Act. And NEPA only calls for rather anodyne consideration of environmental impacts. This mandate affirmatively orders Interior to reduce emissions by any means necessary and no matter the cost. In the hands of extreme environmentalist litigants, this legislation would halt not just oil, gas, and coal leasing, which are the ostensible target, it would halt virtually all activity of any kind on federal lands. Turning from perhaps those unintended consequences to the intended, this legislation is essentially licensed to halt production of conventional fuels on federal lands. While there is an ideological fixation in the environmental community on halting the use of coal, oil, and natural gas, halting leasing on federal lands does nothing to advance that cause. The economic demand for those resources still exists and it will have to be met from production elsewhere, whether state and private lands or imported from foreign countries. Reducing or ending energy production on federal lands would, however, undermine American national security. While the world, and especially Europe, uh, we have seen them struggling with an en energy crisis for much of the last year, the United States has largely been spared this, the, the kind of pain that they're going through. 
Uh, but that is because of the strength of our domestic energy production. Oil production on federal lands accounts for about 25% of U.S. production. The federal share of natural gas production has fallen somewhat in recent years, but it still exceeds 10% of total production. And that production is the reason that the United States is not facing shuttered industries and winter gas shortages like Europe is facing. Reducing domestic oil and gas production would actually be worse for the environment overall. Domestic demand for the, the fuels like oil and natural gas, uh, which the EIA forecasts to continue to provide the majority of American energy needs even in 2050, will have to be met by imports. But U.S. oil and gas production is cleaner and safer than virtually anywhere else in the world by any measure. This legislation might allow someone to pat themselves on the back for getting the federal greenhouse gas emissions tally down a bit, but if your concern is greenhouse gas emissions, it is global emissions that matter. Substituting imports for domestic production would end up increasing overall in international uh, global, gas and global greenhouse gas emissions. The economic consequences of this uh, legislation can also not be ignored. Revenues from federal energy production are crucial for states and communities across the Western United States, supporting government services like schools and hospitals. Uh, jobs like a solar panel installer or a backcountry hiking guide are no replacement for high-paying, skilled jobs in the energy sector. For the wider economy, energy prices are already a key driver of inflation, both in ways we see clearly, like the price of the pump, and ways of which are more hidden. Restricting supply at a time when global supplies are already tight will only make energy more expensive. This legislation will cost jobs, increase inflation, reduce government revenues, increase imports, weaken national security, and restrict access to use and use of federal lands by the public. It's all pain and no gain and should be rejected by Congress. To watch the full hearing and to learn more about our work, visit our website at instituteforenergyresearch.org.